politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman standing at the ready to fight anew for our liberties once again to the CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here at Blaze Media today, Thursday, November 4th, and it is the Third Reich. This is what we're living in. These are the times that try men's souls. This is the Kansas-Nebraska Act moment of the Republican Party. You know, I've been fit to be tied. I was out in Nevada uh, earlier this week, so we missed yesterday's show. I was flying back, and I couldn't wait to get in front of this microphone and give you my perspective on Tuesday night's elections because, as you well know, it's going to be different from every other fake, phony, conservative pundit commentator that just doesn't get it. And it's part of a speech I gave uh, at Front Sight as these election returns were coming in. And the truth be told, I don't even need to give this over to you today, given the news that happened this morning. There's two things. There's symbolism, elections as an end to itself, and then there's actual policy outcomes. The latter we lose at while the former we seem to be very good at. What does that do for us? Nothing. Now, before we get too dark, let me just tell you, there's a lot of good news from the people. The people are waking up. The people want action, even in blue states. The question is, at a political leadership level, where are people leading and harnessing that momentum and taking yes for an answer? Yes, as Republicans, We will take that mantle and run with it. We'll take that mandate and run with it. Not in two years from now. Not in four years from now. We'll be dead by then. We only have another few days before the remaining people that weren't already forced to get the poisonous jab or lose their job are faced with that deadline. We need action now. Republicans have the ability to block it now. And the election results boil that that, uh, mandate if they'll only use it. So that and more today. Um, our sponsor obviously is constitutioncoach.com. I just got back meeting a lot of you guys. Um, a lot of a lot of guys are still on day four of the training. I left early just because I needed to get back to work. But if you go there, we still have one more training period at the end of November, early December. Check out at constitutioncoach.com. 90% off front sites, typical training for handgun defensive training. I will tell you there's not a single person who's gone out there that was disappointed. Everyone's like, wow, this training is better than I ever thought. It's so much fun meeting fellow patriots there. We likely will have another training out in uh, February. Also, uh, Patriot Academy does other things too. You'll see there they have a great academy for... Um, college kids, uh, their biblical courses. Their uh, you could become a Constitution coach and host their Constitution courses in your home. Uh, Lauren Bobert, congressman uh, that a lot of you like a lot. She was actually a Patriot Academy grad, so really proud to be a partner with them. Again, check out their next training dates at ConstitutionCoach.com. So where where do we begin? Where do we begin? If you picture sports, it used to be politics were like sports. You know, we cheer on teams, Red Sox, White Sox, Yankees. 
And it was kind of like that. Yay, Republicans do this, Democrats do this. Oh, wow, look at that election. They came from behind and won. High fly ball, deep to left field, going back, way back, gone. It was kind of like sports, okay? You know, certain flags we waved, certain values. But it didn't really affect our lives, not really. Well, now it does. Now it affects your body to the point where you can't live if you have despots that are empowered. Yet the mentality of Republicans and conservative commentators has not changed. It's all about elections as an end to itself, not as a means. It's all about, let's go, Brandon. Or Trump doing the tomahawk at the Atlanta Braves game. These quasi-cultural symbols, symbolism, and an election is really no different. Election results are symbols too, unless you do something with it. So the first thing that came out of people's mouths are like, wow, this portends a big wave in a year from now. And mind you, even in a year from now, Republicans will then say, we only have the House and the Senate, so we can't have brinkmanship with Biden on a budget bill to block his edicts because it will lead to a government shutdown. So we need the presidency. So you have to wait till January 2025. We'll be dead by then. But this is what has been happening since Reagan the last four decades. It's always the next election, the next election. Do you know that most of my life, Republicans have been winning elections? I knew I wanted to get involved in this when I was inspired by the 94 revolution. And I, and I did this every election cycle. I'd be on, be on uh, the phone with my brother at night. We're up the whole night. Wow, how many seats did we, did we win? This, that. And then I saw as time went on, whether it was fiscal, social, national security, immigration trends, whatever issue we cared about, it got worse and worse and worse over my lifetime. They never meant anything. With a couple of aberrations, since 1994, generally speaking, Republicans have dominated. You have to remember, Republicans used to be a very much a minority party before that. They barely had any state legislatures. Now they dominate. They have 19 supermajorities. Democrats only have like five. They're going to have 28 governors now. They're going to have 24 trifectas, 19 with supermajorities. And this is at the low watermark because they officially lost last election. Usually that's a high watermark. So you can imagine after the coming midterms, they will do well. And you know what? I don't think Democrats will abolish elections. They might even win the presidency in four years from now, three years, whatever. But it won't matter because it hasn't mattered because Democrats control the machinery the respective federal and state bureaucracies, the courts, the corporations, the culture, they control it all. So yeah, Republicans don't typically lead on it, but all the aforementioned institutions lead on it, and they go along with it and certainly don't stop it. That's how the Democrat policies move on no matter what. We win elections, not we. We go and give Republicans a mandate in elections, and Democrats continue winning policy outcomes. You know, it was uh, it was so fortuitous that on Tuesday, two things happened the same day. One was, you know, historic 
election results where Republicans just blew it out in, in Virginia, swept the statewide races, took back the House of Delegates, made really big inroads in the suburbs that they were losing in the Tidewater area, Richmond suburbs, Loudoun County, Northern Virginia, won all sorts of places in New Jersey that no one thought possible, almost battled them to a 50-50 state Senate there, which was unconscionable, uh, came very close to knocking off the the incoming governor there, Shock, shocker of all. Obviously, the election was embodied very much in the symbolism of the truck driver with $200 defeating the Senate president um, out of nowhere. And yet on the same day, Pfizer, a.k.a. CDC, it's the same thing announced, they're starting to jab 5- to 11-year-olds, and they're doing it now. And everyone was so happy on Tuesday, and I was so sad. Because I was looking at a policy where not a single governor announced that we're blocking funding for this. Not just we're not going to mandate it. That's nonsense. It's it's a de facto mandate, even in the states that aren't going to mandate it on children. Between the marketing and the pediatricians and everything they're pushing, if you don't even up the score and use the power you have to match the power with equal and opposing force that they're foisting it upon us, it's worthless. Most of the kids are going to wind up getting it. It's poison. It's unbelievable. So the election where everyone's taking out the wrong message, you look at the RNC and the NRCC and NRSC emails and all like, man, as Kamala Harris said, as, as the way Virginia will go, that's going to have bearings on the next congressional and presidential elections. Dude, we're dying now. And anyway, Republicans have had that. This is deja vu all over again. This is 2009 all over again. When Bob McDonald crushed it in Virginia and that portended the Tea Party year. And it did, and they won big in 2010, and they got the House, and it wasn't enough. We need the Senate. They got the Senate, it wasn't enough. Then they got the White House, and it wasn't enough. And we got COVID fascism on the watch of the GOP trifecta control. All of this started under Trump. His great vaccines. And we'll get to Trump later. I'm not done with him. Although I think we should be done with him. I know I'm going to offend people, but I don't care. We're going to speak the truth here today. So we've gone through that already. The one thing everyone is missing is that COVID fascism really began at a state and local level. And it can, should, and must be ended at a state and local level. Republicans control half the states with trifecta, 19 of them with super majorities. Remember, there's a few others. They have strong majorities, like Kansas and Kentucky. They could govern from the legislature even though they don't have the governorships there. That they can do right now. The simple takeaway lesson from Tuesday night is this, that if Republicans could win in blue states running on cultural issues, running against crime and um, you know, critical race theory and transgender bathrooms as you know, those issues loomed large in the Virginia race, that the people are clamoring all over the country. Democrats got swept out in big cities and all sorts of places. Democrat areas. 
if they could win there, then what does that say about Tennessee and Missouri and Iowa and North Dakota and Wyoming, Idaho, Texas? I'm sick of all these legislators are like, oh, this is the best we could do. We can't do this. We can't have a special session. It's too scary. The blue state voters are clamoring for relief and you guys have super majorities of people. What are you doing? You don't need to wait till next election and we can't afford to wait till them anyway and it won't matter anyway. The GOP Congress, I'm just telling you, if Republicans had Congress today with the OSHA mandate coming out, they would do nothing different. They'd say we need to win the presidency. We can't have a government shutdown. So we can't, you know, withhold the budget bill from Biden. This is the point here. You know, all we're left with from really almost three decades of GOP dominance, the only thing we have succeeded in is gun rights. So I want you guys to utilize that as much as you can. Um, Obviously, right now, a lot of people are spending a ton of money on, on guns and ammo, and they forget to get themselves a proper holster. We've long partnered with We The People Holsters at just 40 bucks. They make the best custom-made American holsters that fit any firearm out there. Uh, go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. While you're there, check out your premium hoodies, long-sleeve shirts, and EDC tactical gun belts. Um, those of you who came out to Front Sight with me, a lot of you guys never held a handgun. It's amazing. And you're buying a gun. Well, make sure you practice at the range your proper five-point draw um, so you need a good gun belt and holster. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Every holster and gun belt come with a lifetime guarantee. Additional $10 off with offer code CR. Again, wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. But that's the thing, folks. It's actually interesting that guns is the only issue where they're united on. But it doesn't have to be this way. We could do this on other issues. So it's just it's jarring. I was in a hotel room, so this is the only time I ever watched Fox News, And I understand why people's brains are fried, why all of our voters are distracted on the soap opera. Oh, look, we won, we won. Well, you might have won, but Biden is shoving the vaccine on all of our kids and is now mandating on everyone. Notice how Biden responded to an election where even the media recognized that, hey, the public is not buying the radicalism. He doubled down on it. Go big or go home. And everyone's like, isn't Biden committing suicide? No, he's not. I don't blame him. They're not trying to convince us anymore. It's no longer about data and science. It's obvious to anyone with a brain that the vaccines not only don't work, but they made the virus worse and they're dangerous as hell. And we're just, this is just the tip of the iceberg, what we're seeing now with the excess deaths. We, you know, we spent a couple of months really focused on more of the data and science, but now we need to return to more power and politics. What are we going to do about it? You're not going to intellectually convince them. This is not an intellectual debate. This is the Third Reich. You better do this or else. But aren't they scared of losing power? No, because they, they never lose power. They're in power. Who's they? There's two halves. The Republicans get half the time. The Democrats get half the time in office. But either way, the system is in power 100% of the time. Because if the Republican Party meant anything, tomorrow, 
they would have, I don't know, let's call it the Miami conference. All 27 Republican governors would meet in Miami and resolve with a statement to say that Biden is violating the Nuremberg Code and we will bind together to nullify what they're doing. We will criminalize what they're doing. You know, you always hear these people saying, all these Republicans, I don't like telling businesses what to do, meaning not to violate the Nuremberg Code. Well, Biden is now telling them you must violate the Nuremberg Code. Suddenly the Chamber of Commerce has no problem telling a business you must mandate vaccines. Otherwise, you're going to get a, a steep fine. Hmm, interesting. Somehow, somehow they don't like that. Really, that's free market? That's free market? The only way to restore a free market is using equal and opposing force to get it back to the equilibrium originally. And the only way to do that is as follows. Every state legislature needs to convene an emergency session and do two things, a carrot and stick against the businesses. On the one hand, if you follow the federal mandate and you require anyone to get a shot, really, I would say you should have jail time and we'll arrest you. But if they don't want to do that, subject them to workplace injury liability and just use OSHA's original memo in April where they said exactly that. You are subject to liability. And believe me, they all know that these shots are not safe as much as they say it is, and they know they're going to get crushed. So the beauty of that is, let's say they have, I don't know, you know, um, a $10,000 fine. Let's say the Fed says a $10,000 fine. We'll allow people to collect millions in damages. Workplace liability. I think that's even better than just counter-fining. Like the Feds fine you if you uh, don't mandate it, we'll fine you if you do mandate it. I think the workplace injury liability, the cause of action is is a bigger deal. And then the carrot. We will use the federal COVID funding to pay your fine for the feds if you get fined. But frankly, any OSHA agent or federal agent that comes in our state, we're going to arrest them. Oh, Daniel, that's too extreme. Really? That's too extreme with the voters? Blue state voters just threw out these SOBs, elected a truck driver over the Demo- long-standing Democrat Senate president in the freaking state of New Jersey, and you're telling me in a freaking state of Tennessee and, and uh, Wyoming we can't get this passed? Are you kidding me? Are you insane? What's wrong with you? Do you know how bad it is? In Wyoming, my buddy Chuck Gray requested a recorded vote. Basically, they all agreed to stick in a voice vote amendment in their bill that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're filing this bill to, it's not even to block the vaccine mandate. I think it just allows religious exemptions. I'm not sure exactly what it is. It's watered down. But, they adopted an amendment to gut it and basically say that's only before the federal mandate. And you know this is before today, obviously. But once the feds come in, it supersedes it. Mind you, it's not even an act of Congress. It's a lawless act of OSHA, which violates their own standards. OSHA is there to prevent workplace injury. 
as we've talked about all year, OSHA's own guidelines prohibit mask mandates. One of their things is anyone who doesn't get the vaccine has to wear a mask. Rather than getting together and nullifying each state, 28 to 2 majority there in the Senate, I'm forgetting if it's like, you know, 50 to 10 in the House or whatever it is there in Wyoming. But the Republicans are all rhinos. So this rhino Steve Harshman was caught on an open mic dropping the F-bomb on Chuck Gray for asking for a recorded vote of that terrible amendment to basically say, oh, we oppose the mandate, except if the feds actually do it, then it supersedes anything we do. Don't doubt me when I tell you quite literally, Biden could come out with an edict tomorrow and say, we're going to rape one Republican member of each household. And the supermajority Republican legislators and governors will say, um, federal law trumps what the state says. So I don't want to hear about the election results and what it portends and what it means for the midterms. I want to know what it means for the power you already have right now. And any fear of voters that you're scared, I don't want to overreach, it's too extreme, I don't know. No, you look at southwestern Virginia. You know, everyone's talking about how young kid made inroads into um, the suburbs, and it's true. But what surprised people is he did even better than Trump in Southwest Virginia. Do you know what's very similar to Southwest Virginia? Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, Montana, Idaho, the Dakotas, all those red states. Young King carried some of those counties 85, 90% of the vote. The people want this stopped at all costs. Instead, we have these like little, little things that they want to do. No, it's full stop. They need to suspend all state funding for the vaccines, criminalize any mandates, criminalize anyone enforcing them, private or public, threaten to arrest any federal agent, subject them to workplace liability, and offer to pay any fines. But we're not hearing that. Um, wow, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy's like, they might pick up a lot of sheets. We, I think we could pick up 70 seats and we'll be dead by then. And dude, under Kevin McCarthy's watch, they had strong majorities and did nothing with them. What, he thinks we don't know history here? That's my point. I'm not trying to be negative here. It's great news what the people want. It's that we don't have a conduit to take what they want and have it represented in the political system because both parties, all the crap is on the same side. Now, this next segment is sponsored by another gun advertiser. Again, those of you who came out to Front Sight and those of you who haven't, both of you, and shame on you if you haven't come out. I'm telling you, you will really be disappointed if you miss our next trip. So you learn a lot of muscle memory how to properly manipulate the trigger without jerking the trigger. Sight alignment, picture alignment, the proper draw, proper grip, proper stance. You need to practice, but ammo is a fortune. What if I told you in the comfort of your home, you could basically get 90% of the type of practice of muscle memory that matters. 
iTarget Pro makes a laser bullet you put in your gun. It's any any gun caliber and also any uh, rifle. They make 223 for AR as well. And you download their propriety app and you get this target and you shine it on there and it literally renders your shots as if you had, and it's very accurate. If you jerk the trigger, it will, it will go up. Um, it times your draw. You could totally time your draw. You literally make your money back in one training session. Um, just the amount of ammo that you would have expended. You go to itargetpro.com and you save 10% plus free shipping with offer code CR. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com, offer code CR. So folks, what's going on reminds me of, back to the sports analogy, a football game. And you have the Super Bowl. You finally get to the Super Bowl. And everyone's, you know, you have one team just running up the score, running up the score. They're just making the plays and everything. And the other team is just impotent, just doing nothing with the ball. And meanwhile, all the supporters of that impotent team are like, yay, they're like cheering on the, look at those hot cheerleaders there. Man, they're awesome. Uh, You know, focus on the cheerleaders and the food and the music and the ambience at the stadium. They're just enjoying the game. And we're like, that's lovely that you enjoy your team's cheerleaders, but they're the other team is winning the game. They're winning the game. And that's the thing. The game is not the election. It's not the let's go Brandon. It's not the symbolism. It's not the t-shirts. Don't get me wrong. Memes and messaging are nice if they're backing up policy outcomes. You know what we're like? I've said this over and over again. I said this the day Trump won the election. When any Republican wins an election unexpectedly, you didn't score any points. You didn't get the ball in the end zone. You didn't win it. You know, you didn't get a touchdown. What you got was recovering possession of the ball. Now you have to make the plays with it. The people gave you the ball and say, man, open down the field, make the play. And yet you're celebrating. Imagine you have one team up, you know, 35 to nothing at halftime. And you get, you know, maybe uh, they get possession at the beginning of the third quarter and the team fumbles it. And you, you, you get possession of the ball. So it's kind of like a potential momentum changer. You don't sit and start dancing there. That's when you got you got plays to make. You, you, you got very limited amount of time. You got to win the game. It reminds me of the famous play in the 1993 Cowboys versus Bills Super Bowl when um, Leon Lett, the defensive tackle for the Cowboys, uh, picked off, uh, got a pick, and he, he, he got the ball, and he was running it towards the end zone, and he started dancing around the five-yard line. And then um, Don Beebe, who was one of the wide receivers for the, for the Bills, chased him down the field, and he didn't see him coming behind him, and he stripped the ball from him. And it was one of the most famous plays ever in, in all of football. Now, unfortunately for the Bills, it didn't, and fortunately for the Cowboys, it didn't matter because they were up like 54 to 17 or something, whatever it was, and it was pretty late in the game. It was over with. But in this case, 
any conservative cheering without demanding and directing existing Republican trifecta controls. They're like Leon Lett, except the difference is we're the ones dancing and are behind 50 points. We're the ones behind. We're the ones that can't afford to, you know, bundle a bungle play on, on, on dancing. But they're always obsessed with symbolism. Everything except for what matters. You know, I'm watching all my colleagues. Look at the African-American lieutenant governor, black, female, marine, lesbian. No, I'm, okay, I, I added in the last part. And I'm not making fun out of her. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just saying this is the mentality of the conservative uh, commentariat. Oh, the attorney general is Hispanic and this and that. Stop it with that. You sound like a leftist. Like, stop it. That's all they care about. The only thing worse than Democrat virtue signaling is Republican virtue signaling. I want the meat and potatoes. I want the goods. Look, I understand I've written victory speeches before. I understand that, you know, it's not going to be like a policy briefing. But you got to say the vaccine mandate stop from day one. Yeah, yeah. Instead, it's like this broad general apple pie, American exceptionalism, American dream platitudes. And it's like, dude, that's nice. But if you, if, if you don't show us the goods, we can't assume you're going to deliver them. Everyone, I love it. Everyone's like a rising star, you know, just because like, because of their image. And look, kudos to Youngkin. He definitely ran a good campaign. Okay, campaign. Campaign's not governing. He ran a great campaign. Kudos for putting that together and winning. But what are you going to do with it? And, and he's only going to have the House. Right? Democrats still control the state Senate there. So, but, but my point is, I'm not so worried about Youngkin. I'm worried about a guy like Bill Lee in Tennessee. He still hasn't even signed the compromise bill that the legislature passed. He still hasn't signed it. He's equivocating. He doesn't like it. This is the joke. It's unbelievable. We have six teachers in Oklahoma City who have been fired for not wearing a mask in freaking Oklahoma. What are they doing about it? Where is the bill to ban Oklahoma City from having a mask mandate? Nothing. Four to one majorities in both houses. The governor, Kevin Stitt, instead he's too busy pushing jailbreak. He had the greatest prison release of anyone in the history of the United States. And speaking of that, one of the things Youngkin ran on, and he actually did say specifically in his victory speech, that from day one he's going to abolish Northam's uh, parole board, you know, that they, they've released so many murderers. The irony is some of the very issues that Youngkin ran on and it propelled him to victory in a trending blue state you have, ironically, on those very issues, you have deep red state Republicans that are downright on the other side. Bill Lee from Tennessee, he once said, we can't open the jail doors quickly enough. 
Kevin Stitt from Oklahoma, all of the Southern Republican governors, they're bought into Muslim refugee resettlement. They're bought in <clears throat> to, to open borders. And they're bought into crime. The criminals. Jesus wants second chances. This is what we have. They believe in this stuff. This kind of a perverse irony in the blue states where the Democrats were in charge and did all the jailbreak, so then Republicans run against it and they, they win. In the red states where they control it, they're doing the same stuff. The transgenderism in the bathroom in Loudoun County. That was a big part of his strong showing. He got like, um, I want to say 46% in Loudoun County. <clears throat> Much better than, than the last number of times. Well, guess what? Asa Hutchinson in Arkansas. Asa Hutchinson. He vetoed a bill to ban castration for minors. How many red states have we even passed bills blocking the gender bender bill? Gender bender agenda. Five? Six? I forgot. But it's not more than that. All these Republican governors, they're bought out. This is the big lie. So yes, Republicans will keep winning elections. And Democrats don't care because they get their policies embodied through them. I used to be euphoric about it. In another era, I would have been up all night with excitement, not been able to sleep. That's how crazy I was from the time I was a little kid. But I matured. And I realized it didn't help. I can't tell you <clears throat> the euphoria that I had that night. I'll never forget. I was up the entire night, November 2004, when Bush got reelected despite all odds and the media against him. I was so happy. And do you know what we expended on that? Do you know what our political capital was that we expended? Fallujah. <laughs> the Battle of Fallujah. That's what he did from it. That was the night that we won the marriage amendments in all the states. And look at where we are 17 years later, where we can barely even find a Republican that will even support marriage, much less call it the homosexual agenda by name. I'm only, I'm only 36 years old. And I remember an America that was so different. And that was with Republicans for the most part controlling the majority of government organs during that period. Look at where we are. We got to do something different. Yes, it was great news from the people. That's awesome news. What that tells me is you don't have to worry about overreach. The Democrats are the ones overreaching. And especially in deep red states, pedal to the metal, full nullification. And the more states you get to do this together, this needs to be the project. Haggai 1.6. As it says in the Bible, God says, you have sown much and you bring in little. You eat without being satiated. You drink without getting your fill. You dress and it has no warmth. And he who profits, profits into a bundle with holes. For how much longer are we going to put all of our efforts into a sack of holes? It goes nowhere. Remember, Democrats only need one organ of government to govern. 
one branch at either a state, county, or federal level, and they'll, they'll push it. So they're always on the move. Republicans, at best, will be neutral. But neutral means they win the policy fight. So yes, when we're all jabbed and all sick with hematological disorders and the virus gets worse and worse as a result of the vaccine-mediated viral enhancement that's going to continue happening in this vicious cycle, and when the next fight is how many jabs each member of the household has to have, and it's not just a business mandate, but where they're going to install cameras in your house and put it literally on the, on the human being. Right now, it's de facto. You can't live a functional life without it, but they don't have a mandate on your body like directly. That will be the next thing. And they'll be already on to that. And you know what? Republicans will win big. Heck, let me go out on a limb and say for the first time ever, they'll win 300 seats in the House. What's it going to do? What is it going to do? Well, we don't have a veto-proof majority. Oh, man. I just feel you guys needed to hear that. I know I'm called the prophet of woe and lamentation, but this is optimism. Because if I misdirect you like other conservative audiences do and say, oh, we won when we're getting crushed, you're not winning anything. I'm providing the pathway how to take the ball that you were just given by the people, and they're saying, take it, make the plays, make big plays, huge plays, 80-yard passes to the man open in the end zone. That is hope and optimism. Now, speaking of hope and optimism, one idea that I think is good It's emanating from Montana. The governor there is offering health workers $12,500 to relocate to Montana. Now, normally, we don't like messing with the market, incentivizing a specific behavior. But that's what the corporations, when they bring in liberal corporations, here, you're inviting conservatives. That's basically what you're doing. And that is part of the national divorce. And I think we need to be doing that. I actually like that idea. Take all the money you got from the feds and rather than spending it on the vaccines, on the injections and remdesivir and God knows what else they do, the whole you know, Department of Health regime, spend it on things like this. You know, just like you cover the fines and help people out, offer to come here. That's what they're doing. Invite the self-separating. But again, you first have to make the red that state red internally before you could invite people to flee from the blue states. But this is where it needs to go. And by the way, do you know who could be a big help in all of this? There's a man named Donald J. Trump that who's been awfully silent. It's funny, he only perks up when it comes to him. He didn't congratulate, he put out a statement. It, Youngkin wouldn't have won if not for me. Oh, it's all about you. Which is why, unless a helpful policy aligns with his personality, he won't back it. 
So in this case, because he's enshrined the shots in terms of in, in, in terms of his branding, he can't criticize them. Could you imagine how powerful it would be if he came out and said, look, kids definitely shouldn't get this shot. Can you imagine what would happen if he would call upon all the governors and legislatures to convene a special session? If I say something, it doesn't matter. But if Trump says it, everyone will be, oh, Trump, Trump, special session, special session, and nullify the mandate. Trump could be, I, I said this the day he lost the election, I said he could be more powerful as, um, as a former president. He could go around calling the balls and strikes on legislation, on governors, on primaries. Instead, he gets involved in nine and times out of ten, endorses the rhino, and sandbags his own supporters. Let me ask you this at this juncture. What good is it for him to be on the national stage? He could only cause harm. And, and I don't care what you say, but it's undeniable. It's undeniable. That he is weighing us down with suburban voters. Look, I'm not defending those suburban voters that will vote to destroy the country because they're not happy with his tone and his narcissism and his tweets. <clears throat> I get it. It's stupid. But that's how they are. Do we really need to lose those voters because of narcissism? Right? If we're not going to get the hardcore policies out of him anyway, and if anything, he's on the other side, if anything, he catalyzed COVID fascism, then what do we need the baggage for? And this was the point in Virginia where they actually won the rural voters even more than Trump, plus made inroads with the lost suburban voters. What good is he headed forward? That's my question. It doesn't, it doesn't have to deny that he didn't grow the coalition at a point, but a good leader understands when he becomes a distraction. I think he could do a lot of good, but he's not. So if all it is for him to chime in about his personal ego, this is not about you. It's not about any one person. We truly need to move on from that. Just such a damn distraction. It bothers me so much. But I wanted to get to a couple of other <clears throat> news stories. I didn't mean to scream so much today. I lost my voice from it. I'm just so upset. The Netherlands. Okay, more than 70% of the population has been vaccinated. Okay, very high vaccination rate. Now, it's important to remember that the continental European countries, because they were trying, they didn't have enough money, they played hard to get with Pfizer, and they didn't start vaccinating until later. So the point is, even though they have high vaccination rates, it's more recent. Okay, it's more recent. <clears throat> so what that means is, if anything, they should be doing a little better because the waning effect is delayed in those countries relative to the UK and the US. But instead, cases are up 45% this week. More than 1,200 COVID patients were in the hospital, the most in five months. Okay? And that's over 70% vaccinated, over 84% of adults fully vaccinated. 
the thing makes it worse, worse and worse and worse. We have in England. England has the best data. Okay? We have data from ONS in England. All-cause mortality and excess deaths. All-cause mortality for week 38 of this year. 10 to 59-year-olds. 10 to 59-year-olds. Last year, it was 69.7 per 100,000. This year, it's 107.9 per 100,000. I can't do the math on the top of my head. It's not quite double, but it's, it's almost double the all-cause mortality per capita. Now, they cleverly stick in 10 to 59-year-olds in the same thing to suggest, oh, it's some adults, so it's COVID doing it. Well, first off, that in itself is a big question. England is universally vaccinated. How do you have more COVID deaths? That in itself is an indictment of the shots, an indictment of viral immune escape, not to mention the vaccine's not working. But what they cleverly did is they didn't break it out. What does the death rate look like, the all-cause death, just for 10 to 20-year-olds? Now, we have that other survey from that private group that vetted that out, 62% higher all-cause deaths among teenage boys. That's your myocarditis. <clears throat> you know, I'm proud of my wife. Um, we have this local <coughs> vaccine clinic, and um, they were vaccinating children, so she figured she'll take up some of the slots. So we, we had a, an email generated through an Elias called Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, carditis, to vaccinate our daughter, Maya carditis. <laughs> and we got an email back. Uh, myocarditis is a, a scheduled vaccine appointment will be at 10 o'clock on Sunday, you know. So uh, that's what we need to do, gum up the works for them. I was very proud of her. It wasn't so much her personality, but this has really fired her up. And that's what we need. My sister called me up, and she's like, I can't take it anymore. My, my sister is like one of the types that, you know, very conservative, but, you know, she's got to live her lives. The kid's got to go to school, got to work the job, and you can't be bo bothered with activism. And she's like, what do I do? What do I do? This is where the people are, and not just traditional conservatives. That's the good news. The bad news is they have nowhere through which to actualize their hopes and aspirations. All we can do is pray to God that God opens the eyes of these idiotic Republicans or opens our eyes to have a pathway to throw them out. But for now, we can't even wait till the primaries. Again, this is this is going down every day, every week. It's heartbreaking out at Frontside. I met a couple of people that lost their jobs after 30 years. They've already lost their jobs. And that includes in red states. This is irreparable harm. But it's not enough for these states to say, oh, we're going to sue Joe Biden. Maybe the court will bite at the federal versus state argument. I know I was down on the courts earlier this week because they uh, denied the main case. The only argument maybe that I could see them taking is somehow the state could do it, but the feds can't. I mean, it's true. If you go with Jacobson, it, which is horrible, but if you go with it, which they are, 
it makes it very clear it's a state legislature. And by the way, the state legislature in Maine never did that. It's all executive power. But this is the point now, folks. We didn't win anything Tuesday night. What we saw was a reaffirmation of what we already knew is that the voters want action. It's time we demand it. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.